Jesus. We just want to welcome you here in this house this day. As your people, we gather together under your authority, acknowledging your holiness, your perfection and your beauty and all that you are. Come now, living word, eternal word, speak to us today out of your life. Come, reveal yourself to us and release, Lord God, your word into our lives now, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Today, we are going to be completing a study that we began right after Easter entitled Praxis. And if you've got your Bible, turn with me one more time to Romans chapter 12. My wife asked me this morning, she said, well, it's the final in the series. Are you excited or sad? Or, and I'm like, yes, I'm all of those things. I'm excited to share with you the final message in this series. I'm also, in a way, sad to see the series end in that it really has been rich and uh, very nourishing to my own soul. And I trust nourishing to us as a congregation here. And I want to encourage you, if you've not been able to be a part of or hear all of the messages, if you sign up in the back, uh, you can get a CD, and there might even be some CDs already made available for you. Otherwise, you can sign up for them, and also the PowerPoint slides. Or if you're, um, you know, want it even simpler, you can go to your computer, go to the website, and download it from the media. And uh, I think you will be encouraged through this series that we've been walking through together. In Romans 12, verses 4 to 6, really are the, is, is, or I'm sorry, 4 to 8, is really the focus for this sermon series. It says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same praxis, there's that word function, they don't have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So embedded in that particular scripture are the seven what we've called the motivational gifts of the Spirit. Again, there are the manifestational gifts, primarily uh, sort of unpacked for us in 1 Corinthians 11 to 14. We have the ministerial gifts that show up in Ephesians chapter 4. But we have these seven motivational gifts that are found in Romans 12. And somewhat unlike the other uh, sets of gifts, the motivational gifts, as we've been unpacking them, I think we're discovering that these particular set of gifts are intricately connected to our DNA and the way that God has made us. So in fact, um, I, I, maybe, you know, I don't know that I can prove this uh, specifically from the scripture, but just experientially it seems that each of us as human beings is sort of woven into the DNA, the way God's made us as a part of our character, as a part of Um, just who we are and how we're made, God has set us up in such a way that in many ways we function in all of these gifts, but 
typically for most of us, there's, there's like one gift that sort of rises to the, to, to the top in terms of as our primary motivational gift of the Spirit. Now, the seven gifts, as we just read in Romans 12, include, first of all, and, and these aren't hierarchical, so I'm not, it's not like a, a, from ascending or descending order or anything like that. It's just first in the list. There is the prophet who is the eye of the body, who receives and declares the will of God. The servant, functioning as the hands of the body, rendering practical service to others. Teacher, the mind of the body, researching and communicating truth. The exhorter, who's the mouth of the body, encouraging personal and corporate progress. The giver, the arms of the body, sharing time, talent, energy, and resources. Leader, the shoulders of the body, responsibly organizing, leading, and directing. And mercy, the heart of the body, sharing compassion, love, and care to those in need. It is that particular gift that we'll be looking at this morning. Mercy, that heart of the body. Now again, as we noticed in 1 Peter chapter 4, there are two larger categories that we can categorize these particular gifts in. Peter says it this way, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And from that, we see that there are, in a sense, we can categorize and look at these as two types of gifts. There is the prophet, the teacher, the exhorter, and the leader. These would be the speaking gifts that have been given for the, for the building up of the body and for the continuing uh, extension of the kingdom of God. The serving gifts are the servant, the giver, and what we're looking at this morning, the mercy or the heart. So we have four gifts that are speaking gifts, three gifts that are serving gifts. This doesn't mean that the speaking gifts don't serve or that the serving gifts don't speak. It just means kind of a sense of where their primary expression comes from. Again, Prophet, teacher, exhorter, leader, servant, giver, mercy. Speaking, serving gifts. All right? Now, um, let's look at a couple of principles here. The first being this, that, um, again, in Romans 12, 4 and 5, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. Now again, I'm just going to make, this is more experiential than it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm not doing exegesis here uh, of the scriptures. I'm just doing, giving you some experiential understanding of, of a couple of principles. First is that all the motivational gifts are intended to work together, well, that certainly comes right from the scripture because each member belongs to the other. And often they are paired together in this pattern. So if you look on the diagram I've made, I haven't seen this diagram anyway. I'm just making this, uh, you know, for, for us this morning, just give another kind of angle to look at. Oftentimes, the prophet gift is paired alongside of the mercy gift. Often you'll see prophet and mercy 
functioning together. Often you'll see teacher and exhorter functioning together. Frequently you'll see leader and servant functioning together. So those pairings of gifts you'll often find functioning together in a way that really has significant impact in terms of, again, um, building up the body of Christ or, or benefiting the body of Christ and building the kingdom of God. Because all of the gifts are about benefiting the body, building the kingdom. Say with me, benefiting the body. Say, building the kingdom. Say it again, benefiting the body. Say, building the kingdom. That's what the gifts are about. Benefiting the body, helping the body to grow up and become more mature and more fully a reflection of Christ and partnering with him in the building of the kingdom. So again, frequently they are paired together. Now we've put giver, I put giver in the middle simply not because necessarily it is, again, the most central gift, but it frequently functions in a way that connects with all of the other gifts in some unique ways. And the giver sort of stands alone in some ways, not, not again, just, just as, as a gifting uh, from all of the others. And we can see that now as we go to our second principle. Um, from 1 Peter 4.11, it says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. We just shared that scripture. So that in all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Here's the final principle that I want to leave us with in terms of in this series. We've been kind of scattering throughout the series different principles. All of the motivational gifts are centered in Christ and he alone gets the glory as they function together in him. Okay? So I want to kind of come back and put an exclamation point on something that I don't want us to overlook. Because oftentimes we can become unintentionally enamored with the spiritual gifts. Okay? So someone like, um, you know, somebody who's functioning in a spiritual gift in just an, sort of an extraordinary way. We think of somebody like when, when, uh, when Alan comes to us, Alan Ross, who, is a, who is, has the motivational and the ministerial and the, you know... Um, manifestational, he's got them all, a prophet. I mean, and he comes and he functions in his prophetic role among us. It's easy to say, wow, what a gift. And it is a beautiful gift, but the point of the gift is to point to Jesus, who is the center of it all, okay? So whatever it is, whether it's evangelist or or a teacher or pastor or prophet or, or any of these motivational gifts of leader and prophecy and teacher and servant and mercy and exhorter or giver, all of them have one primary purpose, and that is to point us back towards Jesus. Point us back to him, because he, it is to him be the glory. Not even to us as the body of Christ. We are an expression of, a beautiful expression of Jesus. That's what we're called to be. We're supposed to reflect him, but we're reflecting him 
we're representing, we're representing him, but he alone is the center point. And I have him there with the giver because, I mean, that's, that's the very heart of Christ. Everywhere he went, I mean, he functioned in all seven of these gifts, and it flows out of that heart of giving right from God, the Father's heart, for God so loved the world that he very heart of God is the heart of a giver. We heard that again this morning. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, worship team, for just, like, just thank you for kind of preparing that soil in our hearts this morning to receive the message today. So the final motivational gift that we're looking at in this series is the motivational gift of mercy, of mercy. And so that's where we're at this morning as we come to the close of our series. Now, it says in Romans 12, 6 and 8, we just read it a moment ago, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Let's take a moment to unpack what mercy means. What's the definition? Well, the specific word in the Greek that's used here is oelion, which means literally, or you, uh, another way of translating it in addition to mercy would be the word compassion. Compassion. The root word is to have or to show In other words, to receive or to release mercy, pity, or compassion towards someone. So it's really, it's a a flow. There's a flow here because all of these last gifts are in a participle form, which it's not, so it's not just static. There's There's a flow to these. So it's having and showing mercy, pity, or compassion towards someone. Now, I ran across this, it was, it, there was no, um, nobody's name attached to it, but I, I ran across this simple definition to kind of help describe more what compassion is and how it is distinct even from sympathy and empathy, okay? So sympathy is, I'm sorry that you're hurting, okay? That's sympathy. Empathy is, I'm sorry that you're hurting, I'm sorry that you hurt, and I'm hurting with you. I'm sorry that you hurt, and I'm hurting with you. Compassion is, I'm sorry that you hurt. I hurt with you, and I'm going to stay right here with you until the hurt is gone. There's, a, there's a, an action piece here to compassion that, that encompasses the attitudes of sympathy and empathy, but takes it yet one more step deeper into action, staying right here. The attitude is with hilarity. That's literally the word there that it says the one who is 
to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The word in the Greek is hilaritos, which means literally hilarity. Or another way to put it is radiant with joy. Radiant with joy. So our working definition this morning of the motivational gift of mercy is that it describes one who shows compassion, love, and care in both word and deed to those in need. But even sort of poetic there, all right? Showing compassion, love, care, that mercy in both word and deed to those in need. In need. Now, again, there's no way to prove this, and I'm not even going to try to, but folks who have done um, surveys of folks, and, and you know, there's tests that you can take for motivational gifts. Compassion is the most prevalent of gifts in the body of Christ. It's the one that is found most frequently in the body. And it's important, it's significant, it's needed. Because guess what? There's a lot of need in the world. Tom was just talking about that this morning, the needs of those who are hurting, those who are wounded. That's our hearts get drawn. And, and, and um, I loved the way Brenda prompted us in worship this morning to press in to God's heart for the nations. That's that compassion. That's that heart of God. That's why it's called the heart. That's why we call, we're calling compassion the heart of the body. Okay? All right, sermon conversation moment here. Give me some examples of this mercy gift in the context of some scriptural, some scriptural folks. Who, who, who do you think of? Who kind of springs out when you start thinking about mercy? Good Samaritan. All right, Alan. Welcome back, by the way, Alan. Let's all welcome back Alan Button. Woohoo! We're so happy to see you. All right, good. Dorcas, absolutely. Who else? The father of the prodigal son, absolutely. The fatherhood. Andrew, okay. Who else? Barnabas, okay. Who else? Compassion, exhibited compassion. Anybody else you're thinking about? Jesus, yep, okay. That's good, absolutely. David with Meshubbeth. Women at the tomb, absolutely, good, okay. All wonderful. Jeremiah, that weeping heart, the prophetic, and yet the deep compassion. There's so many different ones. Well, the one that we're going to go with this morning is the one that Alan led off with here, and that is the Good Samaritan. All right, so if you've got your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is a wonderful illustration of compassion. And isn't it interesting, I was just thinking about this this morning, how frequently um, the parable of the Good Samaritan is referenced across the world and across culture, and, and even by people, you know, we always talk about Somebody's stopping by the side of the road and somebody's, you know, tire has fallen off or whatever and they're getting help and they're just waiting for a what? 
a good Samaritan to come along. Okay, so it's definitely found its way into common everyday parlance. All right. So in um, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25, it says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. That was his first mistake. Okay, but anyway, yes. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what's written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he, being the, you know, this is the expert in the law, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus this question, and who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus gave this response. He said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by others. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite, and when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, went up to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you might have. All right, now there's so much that we could unpack in this story, and it's a familiar story to you. I just want to use it as an illustration of somebody who is functioning, this good Samaritan, and, and of course, for Jesus' listeners, the, the real hook of the story is that this is a Samaritan, all right? And the other religious people walked on by, but the Samaritan, one of the, you know, from their perspective, a cursed half-breed, somebody who was, was, was not even a part of the, you know, the, the, the people of the kingdom at all, expressed and lived out the reality of loving your neighbor as yourself out of as an expression of love for God. So that was very surprising and unusual for them, and they, that would have really turned their minds upside down to begin with. But what I want to focus on for a moment is some characteristics that we see present here in the Good Samaritan and we see present in this gift of mercy, this gift of compassion. And so if you're taking sermon notes, you can write down four C's because that's what you're going to be receiving this morning as a way of expressing the characteristics connected to this gift of mercy. First of all, comforting. The gift of mercy, the motivational gift of mercy, is a gift that is comforting. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we read these words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, it's the mercy, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we're distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. 
If we're comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. You see the progression there. There's a comfort that is received and then a comfort that is released. I mentioned that earlier, but this is, this is critical for understanding. I mean, this is true of all of the spiritual gifts. It is even um, truer of the gift of compassion. You will not have the release of that gift of compassion through your life until you've opened up and received. I loved what Tom said this morning about, you know, he is good, he's good, and we can walk on by and all of the things that are available to us, but until we receive them, we're not going to have something to be able to give out. So, the takeaway here is the mercy person receives mercy from the Lord, which is the wellspring then of mercy flowing through them. And kind of connected with this, and just a, a place to put this, they're, they're led primarily by their heart rather than by their head. Now, that's not to say that they don't think these things through, but their initial immediate response is a heart response. They're not necessarily thinking it all through logically and intellectually. They're thinking it through from their heart place. Their heart is moved. the heart of God flowing through the mercy person. So the mercy person receives mercy from the Lord, which is the wellspring of mercy flowing through them and led primarily by their heart rather than their head. Second C, second characteristic of mercy is that they are caring. Now that's all of these, of course, are connected with one another, and, but they're not syn- synonyms of each other. So, so comforting and caring are connected, but they're not identical things, all right? So in Matthew chapter 25, we have that classic picture uh, where Jesus gives the parable, and he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So the takeaway here is that the mercy person recognizes hurts and wounds that need to be healed and really sees endless opportunities to express love. If part of calling is understanding that it's where our particular gifts and the needs of the world intersect, the compassion per person, you know, for their calling, I mean, they see endless opportunities to express this gift because there are always needs and more needs around us. But they, the, the thing about the mercy person is that they recognize 
those. And it, it isn't even necessarily conscious. It's almost instinctive. I mean, they say, well, when did we, feed, you know, when, when did we do this? And, and Jesus is like, well, whenever you were doing it for them, you were doing it for me. That, 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 that which was flowing out of your heart was an expression of the Father's love and is critical for God's, um, I think, just critical for God's welcome and blessing of us is our expressing and living out and being the heart of Jesus to those around in a very practical way. And it was, a, it, it was meeting both practical and emotional and spiritual needs. The compassion functions at all of those different levels. Okay? Number three out of four. A compassion person is committed. Remember, um, we looked at earlier the compassion person, you know, the, the sympathy I hurt, uh, I, I see you're hurting, um, the empathy, uh, I, I'm so sorry you're hurting, I'm hurting with you, the compassion, I, I'm so sorry you're hurt, I'm hurting with you, and I'm going to stick by with you, I'm going to stay with you until that hurting is gone. There's something about the compassion, the mercy gift that's tenacious, that's really committed, I mean, Think about the Good Samaritan. I mean, he went above and beyond. I mean, it wasn't just, I'm going to find you a room and foist you off. I'm going to come back. If there's extra expenses, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to make sure that you're cared for until you're better. That's that gift of mercy. Okay? Now, we're not going to be preaching beyond, you know, in the series we're ending, and, you know, it's basically focused on Romans 12, 1 to 8. But the following passage right after that, you know, because our paragraph things weren't in there in the original scrolls, okay? We don't have the headers. They didn't have the headers in the original scrolls. And so as Paul's writing the book of Romans and he goes on, he says, he, so, so he says at the end of 12.8, if, you know, if anyone, uh, if your gift is mercy, then do so cheerfully. And then he goes right on and he says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Compassion. Practice hospitality. Compassion. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Compassion. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Compassion. Mourn with those who mourn. Compassion. Live in harmony with one another. Compassion. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Compassion. Don't be conceited. Compassion. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Compassion. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will replace, says the Lord, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The mercy person perseveres in love until hurt, pain, and even evil are overcome by the goodness of God. The mercy gift is incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful in overcoming evil. 
we often think of it as that would be the purview of the prophet who's coming with the black and white. And certainly the prophet is necessary for breaking through evil. But this is where the prophet and the compassion, the mercy, often get paired together. Because the compassion is tenacious and is in there, is staying with it until evil is overcome with good. Yes? This is vital. Vital, vital, vital. To understanding this mercy gift. It's a powerful gift. I mean, sometimes we think mercy is, you know, somehow in our, I don't know, somehow in in the way we think it through in our own minds, we might be tempted to sort of put mercy down at a lower level of gifting somehow. And yet, in the heart of God, it's don't overcome evil. I mean, you overcome evil with good, not with more evil, not with, you're not going to overcome violence with violence. You're not going to overcome, you know, abuse with abuse. You're not going to overcome the, the systemic troubles and difficulties of our world simply by coming at them in that same spirit. No, as you come in that opposite spirit, you break in and break through the evil and bring life. All right, final seed. Cheerful. Cheerful. The mercy gift is cheerful. Each of you, this is 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's the same exact word, the hilarity, you know. Laughter should break out during the offering, okay, because we're so happy. But it's not just during the offering, it's the giving. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. The mercy person views the opportunity to show compassion as a delight, not just a duty or a drudgery. A mercy person delights in meeting the needs of others, delights in the opportunity to express love. It's not simply a duty, and it's not just a drudgery. It doesn't mean that sometimes it's not difficult. It doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't get wearying. It doesn't mean that sometimes... You know, uh, every mercy person, you know, never struggles with, uh, you know, maybe a, 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 a needing an attitude adjustment. I think that's human. Okay, that's just part of because we're still in the process of being transformed. But in general, the mercy person sees it as a delight. Look at me, who I get. I get to help some people today. It's so cool. I get to be a part of ministering Jesus's life to somebody today. All right, so here's the invitation for you and me this morning because just as with all of the other gifts, it is true of the compassion gift, certainly compassion being in the heart of God. So these are gifts that are not just for those people who, quote, have the motivational gift of mercy to function in, but it's opportunity for all of us to experience and walk in the reality and in the role of mercy. We can all receive mercy and give out of our heart that which we've received. 
In fact, I hope you've received mercy today. If you've never received the mercy of Jesus, as Tom invited you earlier, today can be the day of salvation. Today, receive the mercy of the Lord in your heart. Today, receive and experience the love of God. Then you'll have something to give. Secondly, we can all see needs around us and respond with love and care. Everybody can become more attentive to needs that are around you. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. If you don't know where they are, ask Norm or James, and they'll take you on a bus tour, and they'll show you. Just ride the bus with them, right, for a while? James, welcome back to the bus, by the way. Isn't it great? I don't know if you heard the testimony, but James is back to work on Monday. We're so excited. Yay, hey. And I know you guys are attentive to this. I know that you're looking, okay? And we can all be looking to respond. We can all persevere in love. Love perseveres. Love is tenacious. Love doesn't give up. Love keeps going after it. Even when everybody else says, I'm done. Love, we can all keep persevering in love. And we can all delight in the opportunity to show mercy. It doesn't have to be duty, drudgery. It really can be delight. Okay, when, you, when it's flowing out, when it's doing... Here's when it becomes duty and drudgery. It becomes duty and drudgery when you're doing it in your own strength. That's really tiring. When you're doing it out of your own human emotion, that that gets you only so far. But when you're doing it out of the love of Christ, all right. Luke 4, come on up, uh, worship team. Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus in his first public message, his first sermon. He opens the scroll and reads from Isaiah, Isaiah 61, and he reads these words. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's mercy, the year of the Lord's compassion, the year of the Lord's goodness, He has sent me to proclaim that. Jesus functioned out of a heart of compassion. And just as the Spirit of the Lord was on him to anoint him for that, the Spirit of the Lord can be upon us to anoint us to do the heart of God to those that we will come in contact with the rest of this weekend on into next week. We remember Memorial Day. We remember the sacrifices of those. And there's families that are hurting because of of loss of loved ones in, in various conflicts and different things like that and wars and all of that. We remember. We're remembering. We, there's, a memor- there's opportunity everywhere that we have to share the love of Jesus with those in need. So this being our last Sunday here of this particular series, the last in this series, not our last Sunday, but in the series, I want to do what we've done with almost all the other gifts, and that is, if as I was sharing this this morning, okay, this I'm going to back away for a moment from the invitation to all and particularize it to those of you that feel or sense that you've got perhaps that motivational gift of compassion. 
you know, again, some of you, it's been hard to separate, and you're thinking, yeah, I had that one, but I think I got this one too. That's fine. I'm, I'm not nervous about that, neither is God. Okay, so if you feel like this is a gift that you are called to, to kind of flow in and live in, would you stand up if this is describing who you are, where you're at, okay? Your mercy this morning. I want to give one, just a couple of quick words around this gift as well. With every gift, there is a vulnerability. One of the vulnerabilities for the gift of mercy is mercy, folks, because of the depth of of compassion that they feel for others. When they see someone hurt or they themselves get hurt, it's, it's, there, there's a vulnerability to offense. And particularly for carrying offense for others. Like if you see somebody else, who's been, there's, there's, a, there's a vulnerability to carrying that offense. And in Romans 12, it gave us some specific instruction about forgiveness and leaving room for... So there may be a place that God wants to bring some healing in your heart. Because that's a place that can really begin to constrict the compassion gift is when you are um, holding on to something, when you're holding on to offense, either yourself or on behalf of someone. It's, it's, always, it's, often, on the, it's often the on behalf of others time that it becomes pretty, um, it, it, it can become heightened. So I just want to pray blessing in, in that place, and I want to pray blessing in you for that strengthening. The other, like all of the gifts, the other vulnerabilities to do it in your own strength. But Jesus, I want to pray right now that you will come. Lord, with your mercy gift right now and flow into the hearts of these, your people today. Lord, thank you for the heart of the body. Lord God, thank you for those that are moved with compassion. For those who are in need, those who reach out, become the hands and feet of Jesus, who respond to the needs that they see and acknowledge and see them and move towards them. Lord, bless today. Bless, Lord God, your people, Lord Jesus, in this house today. Lord God, and for those that have struggled, Lord Jesus, with offense or things where they've carried and held on, Lord, I pray that today there might be a release in Jesus' name a release that there would be a forgiving and a letting go and an opening of hands. And for those that have been seeking and trying and attempting to do it in their own energy, Lord, I pray that you'll come today with your energy, with your strength, with all that you are and all that you have and bring life and love flowing into and through, Lord God. Bless, bless the compassion gifts, Jesus. Bless them in Jesus' name. We release them in this house. We recognize them in this house, in Jesus' name. Just open your hands if you would. Jesus, this morning, how grateful we are that your mercy conquered evil, that the power of sin and death has been broken now and forever because it was mercy, it was compassion, your love for us, for this world. Conquered, conquered. And Jesus, may we be conquerors.
with the mercy and grace that you've given to us. Pour through us, Lord, as a people, individually and corporately, your life. Jesus, not just this day, but every day. Now with open hands, receive the benediction that you might be filled afresh even this day with the immeasurable love of God the Father, with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to your house, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor over your life. And until we meet again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I pray that His love and mercy will chase you down every day of your life for His glory and for His praise and all God's people said. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. Go in His love. Go in His mercy.